You're listening to the Table Church Podcast. The Table is a community in Orville, California that aims to follow Jesus by doing what he did. Love God, love our neighbors, and serve those in need. Find us at thetablechurch.net, Instagram, or Facebook. And now for the message. Father God, thank you for this time today that we could come and pray, uh, worship, sing, hear, be together, transcend digital barriers and divides so that your Holy Spirit um, could infiltrate this world in us and through us. Uh, We are blessed. Thank you. As we come now to hear from your word, would 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 it just penetrate our hearts deep down that we may experience something fresh, new, those, but, but nothing new, those old, old truths uh, in a new way. Lord, may it be so. We pray and say these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And James, I just want to thank you for being our awesome technical director at the table. That is your, I think that's your job title, right? Yeah. Technical digital uh, director. Yeah. Uh, you do some pastoring too, so I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Uh, if you all only knew... Uh, it's like 2% pastor, 5% admin. That's the times we live in. 95% admin. Guys, today is Pentecost. Um, red is the color of Pentecost. I'm wearing red. I forgot to tell my pastors to wear red. They're wearing beautiful colors. But And, and the whole story is about these flames coming over the top of, of our of our uh, Christian ancestors uh, as a symbolic representation of the spirit flooding into the world and flooding into people's hearts. I'm going to recap that story for us. Uh, essentially, Jesus lived, taught, then he was crucified on the cross, and then he was resurrected. And then for 40 days after his resurrection, he continued with his disciples. And this is what he, what he said to them, three main parts to his message. Wait, The power of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. They had no idea what that meant. And they kept talking to them about the kingdom of God, which is what he talked to them about before the cross, before resurrection. He kept telling them about this thing called the kingdom of God, where God's rule and reign will infiltrate the earth, where God will be king again over our lives and over the whole creation. But wait, he said, wait. And then Jesus, uh, on day 40, ascends to the right hand of the Father, and there he is now in the command center of heaven, orchestrating, bringing about new creation, answering our prayers, all this stuff that Jesus does, the right hand is symbolic of God's strength. Jesus is the strong one who controls, maneuvers, brings us to where we need to go. And on the 50th day, 10 days after Jesus ascends, the Spirit comes down. Pentecost means 50th day. It's the 50 days after Jesus' crucifixion. And so on the 50th day, 10 days after Jesus leaves, uh, the disciples experience something. But I want to talk about the bad news for a minute because I think there may be something here that we can relate to. Uh, The disciples, when Jesus left, before the Spirit came, they were stuck inside. They had locked themselves in a room. They were afraid for their lives because the angry mob that had killed their teacher is still out there. And a group of people, uh, these Christians, bound together by their leader, Jesus, does not now have a leader. You know what I mean? I don't know if that sentence makes sense, but you know it makes sense. Their leader is gone. And it was the thing that held them together. And now that's not there. And they're told to wait. And being told to wait is the hardest part of anything ever. How long do they wait? They don't know. There's an angry mom out there killing anyone who, who claims Jesus' name. And, and, and now they don't have their leader to guide them and direct them and lead them. And they're just 
waiting in fear, in darkness, behind locked doors, not able to go outside, uh, violent mobs roaming the streets. I don't know if you all can identify with any of that. I don't know if you can put yourself in that situation, being stuck at home, seeing our country in turmoil. Uh, it is... Uh, feels pretty close. I'm feeling some of that angst. Not entirely all of it. I didn't just witness my leader be crucified, but we did witness some pretty hard stuff this week. I think we can feel some of what those early Christians were feeling. It's in that fear, it's in that chaos, it's in that danger that the Spirit invades their hearts. I have the story here. It's a long passage. I'm going to skip some of it. I'm going to go fast. Maybe you've heard it. Maybe you've never heard it. Bear with me. Let's go. When the day of Pentecost arrived, 50 days after the cross, 50 days after Passover for the Jewish celebrations, they were all together in one place. Listen to how many times it says all, uh, one, right? Listen to these words. Suddenly a sound from heaven like a howling of a fierce wind. The spirit in the Greek and in the Hebrew, the word is wind, or breath. And so this fierce wind fills the entire house where they were sitting and they saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. All of them filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. You don't need to know this. This is me nerding out. There's two types of speaking in other languages. There's glossolalia and that's when you speak with the tongues of angels, secret language between you and God. And there's xenolalia where you speak in the language of of other people that we all know about, like Spanish, English, Chinese, these types of Mandarin, right? Um, what's happening here is xenolalia. They're going to speak in languages that people know. And, and that's what this huge slide is going to be with a lot of words. So bear with us. But what happens is people hear this howling wind and they begin to congregate. And it says uh, there were pious Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And when they heard the sound, a crowd gathered and these Galileans, it's funny that, so Galileans were kind of uh, illiterate fishermen. That's what they were known for. They were not very bright people. And what happens is they begin speaking in all these different languages to everyone who was present. And it lists them, right? Uh, there's a line there that says, uh, who are speaking Galileans, every one of them, how can they teach us in our own native language? language. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, as well as residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the regions of Libya and Africa bordering Cyrene. I mean, everyone hears about the good news of Jesus in their own language. This is a wild miracle. But someone said they're full of new wine. New wine was sweeter, and so sometimes you would drink more of it and you'd be able to get drunk way faster because it was so sweet. And so they said, ah, you're full of new wine. Peter gets up and he cracks a joke to kind of lighten the mood. He says, we can't be drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. You absolutely can be drunk at nine o'clock in the morning. I've known people to be drunk at nine o'clock in the morning. But Peter and the 11 apostles, he raised his voice and declared, Judeans and everyone, all, everyone, look at the language, living in Jerusalem, Know this, listen carefully to my words. These people aren't drunk, as you suspect. After all, it's only nine in the morning. This is what was spoken through the prophet of Joel. And now Peter uses a passage from the Old Testament to explain what's happening right now. This is that passage. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all 
people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young will see visions. Your elders will dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, my servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy and everyone, everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You know how I preach head, heart, hands, something for us to know, something for us to do, something for us to feel. What is, what does Peter want us to know? What does God want us to know in this thing called Pentecost? We're going to preach some big themes today. I have old truths that I'm hoping will hit differently this time around. Spirit is poured out on all people. This is wildly radical. Christianity is the first movement in history to have this equality, this egalitarianism, this, this, this movement that transcends all the boundaries that we place on each other as humans. What did we just read about in this passage? All, all, all. We read about multiple countries being present. We read about multiple languages being spoken. We read about female and male no longer being separated in what God is doing. Educated and uneducated with the Galileans and the, and the smart folks. The old and the young, the slave and the free. This is transcending race. This is transcending gender. This is transcending um, academics. This is transcending age. And this is transcending our, our status as slave and free people. In this passage, what Peter wants us to know is that all means all. This thing God is doing transcends all the man-made boundaries that we live out. This is exactly why we advocate and protest for the dignity and worth of all human beings because we read this passage and we, we live it out, the truth here, that God is doing something that includes everybody. This is why we advocate for women to be, have access to all levels of leadership inside and outside the church because we believe the Spirit is being poured out on all people, all flesh, male, female, young, old, slave, free, race, doesn't matter. And Christianity launches this idea. Totally radical. And it's still, as we're seeing now, radical today. I will pour out my Spirit on all people. So here's my question for you all. I got some big hard questions, so give us some grace as we process through these. But my question is, where do you see the church? Big C, I mean global church, not just our church. I, I mean, you can pick on our church if you really want to in front of all these people. Um, how do you see the church, Big C, living this out? Like, where are they doing well? And where do we still need to grow, Big C Church? And if anyone's got an answer for us, go for it. Um. <laughs> Maybe it's my state of mind because uh, of recent events, but I just see the back e back half of that question. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of the positives. Um, uh, where I do see uh, this is the big C is living this out is um, yeah, it's tough. Here's oh. where I'm occurred. I am going to brag on the table for a okay, moment. Okay, good. Since I'm the pastor of the table, why you guys? Well, I, even I, though I said Big C, I'm going to yeah, break the right. rules. Yeah, right. That's okay. I was trying to follow your rules here. But we've had a couple pastors in the community tell people not to come to the table because uh, everyone's welcome at the table, That's and that true. is still offensive to a lot of people. So that maybe that has to do with uh, where we need to grow, but also where, where I think we're doing things well is that like we've made a declaration here at the table church that everyone is welcome. Everyone is welcome, and everyone for us means everyone, and that's still radical for people today, even especially for people of faith, where that can be a struggle in multiple different different aspects. Because we uh, ha ordain women and allow them to 
have the Spirit poured out on them and they get to preach, uh, that, that is offensive to some folks. And, but we're, reading, we're just reading Pentecost story here. That's maybe our favorite, my favorite part about our reputation is that, oh, well, have you heard about the table, though? They let those kind of people come or these kind of people preach or these kind. And it's like, heck, yeah, we do. That's right on. Um, and so when I see where do we need to grow as a big C, man, that's really what I see. Um, just it's it uh, where my well, I'll just be transparent where my mental state is as I'm struggling um, this last week. Uh, I think the COVID stay-at-home orders hit me the hardest probably that they've hit um, over the last few months for me. Um, and then, uh, of course, in light of all the um, racial tension and riots and protests, and um, I'm struggling especially with uh, what the church can and should be based on Scripture. Part of it for me, too, is just like my... I've really been digging into the Word big time. Reading, co- I talked a little bit about Wednesday night, just reading commentaries, reading devotionals, reading extra scripture, reading uh, Colossians all week, and reading um, uh, the, the Old Testament, and just really digging in big time. And man, I just see over and over, and I know James talks about it a lot, but I want to reiterate, I see over and over that the poor and the minority and the downtrodden uh, are... Uh, absolutely lifted up and focused on and um, given extra attention. And Jesus uh, gives them extra time and extra teaching and extra uh, love. And I think he loves all his people, but um, the, the poor and the minority are extra, um, uh, extra poured out on because they need, they need it more. And I think that um, so in the light of that, I mean, I was really focusing on that before yeah. um, everything that happened uh, in our country this last week. I was happy. I was focusing on that before yeah. um, I saw a murder on video, <laughs> you know. And so to see that, it doesn't help um, to make my mind feel positive about the big C in America. Um, I think that it's it's we're getting really mixed signals from Christian leaders in America. Of um, and I think that it sadly has to do a lot with politics, and I'm just feeling very done with any politics. I don't care about politics anymore. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm an issue-based uh, person from here on out, and um, I just think yeah. that love has to be at the center of all of it, yeah. and that we can't. I'm just, I'm done with party lines. I'm done with. <laughs> I just, I want to be a Christian who follows uh, the values of Jesus's teachings. You're talking about margins and uh, people on the margins, and it's no it's no accident. It is on purpose. God is doing this on purpose, that God's spirit breaks out through Galileans who are regarded as very lowly. And he mentions old and young who are also considered, uh, you know, less valuable. Mm-hmm. And he, he mentions slaves. And so this is where God's... Uh, this is the this is ground zero for the kingdom and the spirit to be breaking into our world. And so I hear you on that. Um, I think. Oh man, preach at us. <laughs> I'm Bring not it. Preach. Um, <laughs> man, for me, I think. Uh, so this is gonna be a little bit more of my testimony than than anything else. Uh, but what drew me to the table, what drew me to FCC, what drew me to Free Methodism in general, were topics and ideas like. Um, that we stood against slavery, that we st- 
stood against pew taxes, things like that, to break down the walls um, of division. Yeah. Man, I'm gonna I'm trying really hard to stare at the wall and not get emotional. <laughs> I love um, this. Is- Amen. Man, and uh, and that I love um, because I feel like that that is God embodied here. Um, and I love that that's something we stand for and <laughs> where I'm struggling right now. Um, and this is going to be really transparent as we work through all of this COVID stuff um, is being given guidelines that say, man, we can't serve those folks anymore. We can't serve those ones that come in dirty and don't have a mask and all these things. Um, and it feels very not like church. It feels very not like who I am at my core and what drew me. Right. to this place, to this denomination. Um, but I also hold that it's for a reason, that there are reasons. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that means we can do better as a church. Um, but I think, yeah, it's right. a struggle. It's a struggle. And uh, I hope that we can come out of this with um, holding those core values of who we are as free Methodists. Um, and somehow also holding those those things, those guidelines, um, so that we can continue to be who we are at our core and love on our people. Clean, dirty, <laughs> right. uh, black, white, orange, yellow, whatever, yeah. all of the in-between, yeah. um, the way that God has called us to do. Absolutely. And that's a great segue into just saying that your pastors continue to labor <laughs> and languish on behalf of what to do because we know that reopening as possible but we have some core values about who's included and it's everyone and so how do we keep people safe and also make sure that we hold on to that core identity of who we are and so we are just continuing i mean just agonizing uh, over this so thank you for your grace thank you for letting us go slow um we are holding uh, the tension of of two three four or five different truths and so and I just appreciate the heart of these pastors of just really, really trying to figure out what we're doing. Um, and thank you, Miranda. You talked about free Methodism. Mark Adams, uh, superintendent, says that that as a national gathering, as a global gathering, actually, a couple of years ago, we advocated for the dignity of all human beings. And we mean that. And especially those, as Matt said, on the margins. I think maybe I'm with Gary Broughton on this. Uh, where I see where we still need to grow is especially in America is is politically and it was something matt Amen. mentioned is that um it, we can have well we're in a place where it's it's harder and harder to have differing politics and still remain united and keep identities of christ and spirit who is in us as primary identities and not let political identities take us over and divide us and so learning to disagree in unity oh man that's the lesson we probably need to learn the most we spend a lot of time here. It's a big question, uh, but I'm sure you guys have a lot of, of answers for us. Keep putting them below. And we do it pretty well at the table. I think we're an exa- we can actually be an example to the big C in America because a lot of churches do not do it well. They don't have people of differing values and differing po- political viewpoints, and we do at the table, and we're still able to come together and love and uh um, talk and be yeah. together and uh, have open conversations about it. But um, like you said, it's exceedingly hard. Um, yes. Yeah. Especially social media and um, just it's, uh, 
it's a tough time. I I find it really hard to think about the big C at all in America right now without feeling very discouraged. And then I don't blame um, my millennial, <laughs> especially brothers and sisters who are just like, I don't, I don't believe in Jesus. I can't. You know, that's a lot of the social media that I see is like, I, I, I disagree so much with believers. How am I supposed to believe in Jesus? And uh, that makes me, that makes my heart break that we are such at times a bad example of what Jesus wants us to be, (laughs) that people feel like they can't know him because of me. Lord, please have mercy on my soul and open my eyes to who I should be in you so that people are not kept from you because of my selfishness or my anger or my social media posts. Have mercy on me, O Lord. I feel it so strongly. Um, uh, Anyways, sorry, I didn't mean to preach there, but I just, I feel it this week, man. Speaking of feeling, that's what we're moving into, our next point. (laughs) Great segue. Uh, Hand with what we know, we know that the Spirit's being poured out on all people, and all means all, and everyone means everyone, even what Matt's saying, even even in our congregation, politically. I mean, we, we have differing opinions as widely as you can get. With our heart, what does Peter want us to experience? What does he want us to feel right here? Uh, it's this, that God lives in you. And that would be really powerful if my slide were to change. Right now, God lives in you. That's what Pentecost is about. Never before in human history, before Pentecost, did God dwell in God's people so um, broadly. Everyone. There were times and places special people got to experience a bit of the Holy Spirit. But after Jesus ascends to the right hand of the Father and the Spirit comes down, this this changes everything. That God now, because of Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection, God can live in us and move in us, and have God's way in us. What does our, our scripture says? They were all, 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 everyone, filled with the Holy Spirit. This goes great with our series on First Peter, where we talked about we were mobile temples now. The Holy Spirit doesn't dwell in some building. The Holy Spirit dwells in all of us, you, me, our hearts, This is the place where God dwells and lives. And we believe, and some people may be having this question, we believe that the Holy Spirit is active in the life of every human being on earth. If you know Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And if you haven't known Jesus yet or you're not following Jesus, the Holy Spirit is, is seeking you and drawing you and speaking grace and love to you. But we believe the Holy Spirit is active in the life of every human being and abides in and dwells in the person who follows Jesus. We believe that when you believe, when you follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit fills you just like this story, and it is cemented. The Holy Spirit is cemented in you at your baptism. That means right now. That means you have divinity in you. The divine one dwells in you and in the person next to you. The divine one dwells in them. I mean, this should change the way we view not only everyone, but also ourselves and how we move about in the world as someone who has God dwelling in them. Question, hard question. Pentecost is the celebration of the Holy Spirit coming for the first time for all time to live in us. Where do you, testimony time, where do you most sense the Spirit throughout your day? 
throughout your week. And as you're formulating an answer, it, I, I ask this question because I believe wholeheartedly, I've given my career for this, that we can experience God and we can experience God's presence in the form of the Holy Spirit. Like, I believe this, and I believe it can happen regularly um, through Jesus's grace, through the practice of the means of grace, the practice of, of spiritual disciplines, uh, just by listening and growing and flexing those muscles. And so I'm going to ask you guys to testify to that reality. Where do you sense the Spirit most throughout your day or week? Can I ask a clarifying question? Do you mean nope. generally or this last week? Oh, generally. <laughs> generally. Um, ge- so I, two places for me. Generally, uh, Sunday morning worship uh, is where I feel God a lot. Um, and I moved. My heart is moved. I cry a lot. <laughs> and I get really emotional. Um, but I love it and I welcome it and, and that's my favorite place, uh, which to be fair, I've been missing out a lot on because I'm doing slides <laughs> behind the scenes. So I cannot wait for the day, uh, where I get to, uh, worship out loud and sing along. Um, so that's one place that especially that I think it's on my mind because I've been missing a lot lately and I want to get back to it so much. Yeah. Uh, but in the midst of that, um, I think where I find him daily and I shared this a couple weeks ago is in what I what I feel is a very thin space early in the morning. Lights are low. The sun is just coming out. My kids are all still sleeping. Mm. Um, Uh, (laughs) mm, (laughs) Um, uh, I feel very uh, connected to God then. And that's when I do my best. um, I don't know. Come to God time uh, where I pray the most, where I get in the word the most um, and where I just can really feel man his presence just right there. Um, and I love that time. That's great. Thank you for that answer. There's nothing better in the whole world than when your kids are sleeping peacefully. That's Jesus moment all day. All day. Holy Spirit moments. <laughs> um, for me, it yeah, it's definitely worship on a Sunday morning when we're just really feeling it and the congregation is just really letting it letting it fly and we're just of one accord one heart one voice um singing to the lord and the holy spirit descends like a dove uh i feel it most almost every sunday and i'm the one who i'm as a worship leader you kind of be have to be the one who like thinks the most about the music but i feel like man our band and our people that worship with us and we've played together so long i don't really ever have to think about it and they're the ones who i just i'm just praising the lord and uh, so I am like so blessed to be at the table doing that. And man, do I miss it too. And playing here with James is wonderful and I love it. But um, uh, I feel like too, there's a lot of people that are missing out on what we're doing because we're in this room doing it. And man, my heart grieves for you guys that um, it's, it's, you know, it's a really, really important thing to do. Um, I feel it in communion. Um, when we had our wedding day, uh, we decided that communion was going to be at the center of it um, because we wanted it to harken back to um, uh, ancient, beautiful, biblical practices um, that Jesus uh, did it 
uh, all those years ago and that Christians continue to do it up until today um, and that it is holy and uh, beautiful and serious. And so we actually asked James, make it as liturgical as you can because we just want to really have the flowery language and everything else because um, there's something just beautiful and ancient connects me to my ancestors um, and in, in Christ. Um, and so I feel it in worship and communion. I feel it... Uh, I know I can't choose, so I'm choosing so many, but I feel it in a sermon. I was feeling it just now. I was feeling it just now while James was talking about embracing all. Um, I felt the Holy Spirit. And so, um, yeah, I think the, you know, worship, study, pray, communion, uh, uh, those are the ones that at times that I really feel it the most. Um, time of day-wise, uh, I don't have kids, so... Uh, my kids are always sleeping, I guess, technically, or uh, not technically, I don't know. Um, but uh, I feel it in the morning when I'm getting ready for work, and maybe I'm sitting in the bathtub a little bit extra time and just listening to the daily audio Bible and just kind of being one with the Lord a little bit. So Love that's it. the time of day. Aaron Lackey puts on here, um, <clears throat> at work, sh- at multiple jobs, takes pictures of bones and takes pictures on the outside of people, too. And she talks about how um, she has just a few moments with her clients to make them feel seen and heard and just create the holiest moment possible. Uh, and it's very vulnerable usually for people getting their picture taken or medically the issues that are faced. And so um, just that few five minutes there is where she feels like she feels the Holy Spirit. For me also to not morning, I'm not a morning person, but nighttime, sometimes I'm just sitting, I get to be by myself, my kids are asleep. And it just feels like holy moments for me. Uh, just experiencing God, hearing God's presence. Mornings are harder for me. It's uh, evenings that uh, I feel like work out best. What are we supposed to do with this stuff? What are we supposed to do with Pentecost, with the reality that God dwells in us and it's open to everyone and for all? There's a couple things in this passage that I kind of want to point out. It's not totally fleshed together as some ideas, but, but hear what God says about this day and these people. He says, I want you to dream. I want you to have visions, and I want you to prophesy, speak God's good future into this present reality. Do you see what he says here? He says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Prophecy was something... <clears throat> that was meant for old prophets, right? And now young people are getting it. These gifts are spread out. And it says your young will see visions, right? These were, these were gifts that were meant for the people that had been in tune with God for a very long time. And it was a very small population of people. And yet God's saying, I'm going to give it to young people too, right? Your sons and your daughters. And your elders will dream dreams. And that may be the most beautiful line to me in this whole day. Because the older I get, the less dreams I have and the more reality just kind of floods in and I just make peace with what I have to do versus with what I want to do. I mean, that's part of maturity. That's part of growing up. But in the rebornness of Christianity and the rebirth that God is giving us through the Spirit, you get to dream dreams again. It, no matter, and, and especially, this is a call, especially for those who are more experienced and have more years behind them, uh, God is calling you to dream dreams again. Even upon my servants, the word there is slaves. Even upon slaves, men and women, God says he'll pour out his spirit in those days and they will prophesy. 
And this is true, the early church, leaders of the church were often slaves in the community. They were property of somebody else, and yet they were leaders in God's church, speaking God's truth. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What does God want us to do with these, these ideas, these gifts, these, these, these uh, I don't know, special supernatural abilities that he's calling out for us? Uh, this passage, first of all, is about equality of God speaking and co-creating through us. This is, this is about no longer is it a select few. God's going to do this with everyone. And you're a part of everyone. God's Spirit was relegated to small numbers, but prophets always spoke of the day when the Spirit would use everyone. This is part of God's good future, is that God would be freely moving about, using, speaking through everyone. The Spirit is the agent of the new creation, God's good future. And Pentecost means God is speaking to us and through us to see his kingdom come and that new creation revealed here and now. And of course, this takes lots of practice. Learning to hear the Spirit's voice, to tune into what God is saying versus what we're saying, or what the world is saying, what all these other voices are saying, our parents and our friends. But what good God future, that's my question for you. What good God future is God showing you and asking you to speak into reality? What vision, what dream, what prophecy is God showing you for how to shape your neighborhood, your world, your workplace, your family, your own household? God is giving out visions, dreams, and allowing us to speak God's future into reality right here and now. And I'm especially asking, as quarantine begins to relax, we don't know, they may beef it up again, but as you begin to enter back into the world, what kind of world is Jesus asking you to help make with the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells in you and the person next to you, and the person next to them? What dreams, visions, ideas, words is God asking you to help speak, see, create? And that's my passage for you guys, and my question, not my passage. Of those three, I don't know, take, take a stab at this question. Of those three, dreams, visions, Prof, profe, uh, prophecy, which one of these would you Typo want? Typo count one. Which one of these would you want more and why? Can you, can you clarify a little nope. bit of the difference between dream Uh-oh. and vision? Nope, I cannot. Okay. Um, I would assume in the passage, if I'm being uh, extra academic, there's they're very similar in idea. In my head, though, dream is like way further away right like it's the it's the beginning it's like something brand it's in a brand new idea whereas a vision is like i'm getting a clearer picture of what what's what's going on and and prophecy is like i'm able to Here speak and now. some truth into reality that's how i'm understanding it for me for yeah, today so it's like a distance almost I think a, so. a thought and distance yeah. that, that's kind of how i interpreted it too however you want to answer it man the spirit in you it's the same as the spirit of me. Uh, I feel I feel all three of how it applies to Orville. Um, I guess in that context, um, uh, I want to speak and do into the life of our community and the life of Orville. I want to um, uh, work at a school and work at a church, and um, I want to affect uh, children, and I want to help the sick and the needy um, of our community uh, through uh, helping develop spiritual growth. Um, I have a, a vision of just like what um, 
Orville is becoming uh, and can become, and then I dream about what it could be of just being um, not only the county seat for Butte County in that uh, legally, but also spiritually, yeah. that we can be an example and a city on a hill to our community and yeah. to our region and to the North Valley, yeah. um, that we as a people can be um, that in between Sacramento and Redding, <laughs> that we can be uh, a people who uh, they go, man, you see how people love each other in Orville. And it's not just uh, damn spillways and uh, campfires and, you know, disasters, but how we respond and how we uh, love each other and show each other, uh, uh, be Jesus to each other. And I see that Orville could be that. So that that's where my heart is, is just like, I want to do everything that I can do. And I, I need to think small. And when I think about the big C, I get a little <laughs> discouraged. Yeah. And I just in the little C want to be like, yeah. well, th- as for me and my house, this is what we're doing. And I want to be a city on a hill to uh, Butte County. What I'm hearing you say and what I know from you as a person is that it feels like you, you have a bit of that dream. You even have a bit of that vision. You're looking to like speak some of that into reality and see some of that happening in the world around you. I like that. Prophecy. I care a lot about Orville. I'm going to give you that prophecy. Thank you. You have it. I have zero clue how to answer this question. <laughs> so I'm just going to go with what's on my heart right yes. now. And I think what's on my heart right now um, is, is connection. I know before quarantine happened, um, For those of you that don't know, I have six children. I am extremely busy. (laughs) Um, They're all involved in all the things, 4-H, FFA, softball, basketball, soccer, whatever. They're they're doing all the things, which, one, they do all the things um, so that I don't have to manage every single minute of every single day for them because that's too overwhelming with six of them. So thank you to all the adults that are managing those activities that give this mom just two seconds of, of sidelining myself and, and watching and not doing. Thank you. But in that, my life ha- was so busy in those times that I think what I'm finding out now um, in quarantine is that I did miss connecting with people. And when you miss connecting with people, like truly connecting with people, it's not just about there's another softball mom sitting next to me and we have this one thing in common, but truly like what do I have in common with this woman? Because I think... Um, in instances like this, uh, when there are marches and there are injustices and things like that happening in our community, we can look at them not as, well, that's something really distant. It doesn't affect me, especially if it, if it affects the woman sitting right next to me. But I didn't care to take the time mm-hmm. to know her deeper. Um, and so, I don't know, coming out of quarantine, that is what I am taking, um, is to just truly be present in those moments to be present in those communities, to know those people and love on those people that are in my circle, whatever circle that may be, if it's FFA mom or soccer mom or basketball mom or whatever, uh, love on those people, support those people, and really truly be connected in community with them when we when we leave this place, when we leave this quarantine. Yeah, I like it. Thank you so Amen. much. Uh, for me, um, I have a lot of dreams and like I like dreaming and dreams speaks powerfully to me, but I have a lot of kernels of ideas. I would love some more vision for what that looks like before. I I don't even know how to speak it into reality. It's just like a baby idea. And uh, I got a lot of heart and I got a lot. I got a strong back. I mean, it's not. I mean, and I um, and I and I have these ideas that I'd love to like see happen, but I don't I don't know how to see it happen. And so if I was answering this question the way that I 
crafted it last night at 2 a.m. Um, for me, it would be like, I just need more vision. I need to see what those ideas actually look like in the community around me. Um, I need to see like what it means for the Holy Spirit to be present in the life of, you know, I just don't know what some of that stuff looks like. And so I, I, I lack for vision sometimes, but I got a million dreams. And so I just need more clarity half the time. And, and so vision for me is clarity. And that's what I love about this right here, about a two and a three and an eight. Yeah. Because you don't have to do it all. You have that's right. You have me, Got I'm doers. the doer, and you have the one that tells and us all I'll the things that we can't exactly do and why we can't uh, do it. Matt speaks it into, <laughs> bam, I'm like, hey, I gotta, can we, I don't know, do this thing. Miranda's like, tell me what to do, and Matt's like, this is what we need Done. to do. We are a good team. Um, and Aaron goes, whoa, 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 let's let's add some nuance to this. How do we make it beautiful? Thank you, Aaron. Uh, head, what does God want us to know? God's spirit is poured out on all people, everyone. Everyone, 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 everyone. And with our heart, uh, what Peter wants us to know is that God lives in you. And that should change the way that you see yourself. Uh, low self-esteem it, it comes from a lack of vision about the divinity that dwells in you now and forever. And this is what Pentecost is all about. I mean, brand new. I mean, this, this idea had never hit, hit the minds of anyone that God was going to dwell in all people outside of buildings, outside of, I mean, like just in you, in your heart. And what does God want us to do with our hands? Uh, dream envision and spread God's good future into the world right now around us. That's why we pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are seeing the heavenly will of God and we are through the power of that Holy Spirit that dwells in us manifesting that around us in our neighborhoods and in our church and in our families, in our marriages, our finances, all of those things that we have some um, impact over we are bringing God's good future into that present reality right now through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells in you would you pray with me Father God thank you for this time thank you for your goodness thank you for the wildly uh, huge truths that we learn about on Pentecost help us to experience your spirit. I think all of us maybe have some head knowledge about what this is and what this means. I think we know that everyone means everyone. I think we know that God dwells in us. Help us to experience it so it becomes real, becomes tangible, that we would be able to speak about to our friends, our neighbors, our families, what God is saying to us, what God is showing us, the dreams that God, that you are giving us, that we'd be able to tell folks around us that we are experiencing you, having life-changing encounters, maybe even small ones throughout the day or every day or a couple times a week where we would undeniably experience your spirit. Help us to, to be in a community that helps us uh, get attuned to your spirit, that we'd be able to discern your small, still voice, O oh Lord, that we would know it's from you. And Lord, just help us to have the faith to trust this reality, to trust this truth that you speak to us, that the Spirit lives in us and the Spirit is speaking to us and the Spirit wants to use us in our families and in our communities to shape it to be more like your kingdom, to be more like heaven right here on earth. Lord, now as we move into a time of communion, 
of a time of meeting with you, communing with you, experiencing you with, the, with this juice and this bread. Uh, would your Holy Spirit be filled with it? And would your Holy Spirit be in us and on us as we eat it, that it would be spiritual nourishment for our journeys? Would it be a moment, even now, that we would experience you, that we would hear from you, that we'd catch a glimpse of you? We give you praise and thanks, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.